You're listening to Salon Frequency, a podcast for salon professionals that are revolutionizing the texture of salon culture. Welcome to season three of the podcast. I am really excited about this episode because not only is it the third season, we have a new co-host. We have a new co-host. Here. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself hey. everybody. Hey, hey. I am Frida. Frida Brown feels so formal. Frida Brown. Uh, Jocelyn and I met uh, 10 years ago. Neither yeah. of us had children. Oh my gosh. I don't think. Are they really young? So yeah, we met maybe 10 years ago. I myself am a salon owner, a hairstylist, my mom, and my wife. I am a wearer of many hats. Um, but chief among them today is that I am excited to be here and to be a part of this. Welcome. I can't believe it's been 10 years. It has. It was at the Natural Hair Industry Convention in Baltimore when it used to be in Baltimore. And we sat together. And your husband was doing audiovisual work. I remember that. And we were eating lunch. And you were like, is somebody sitting here? And I was like, no, have a seat. And the rest is history. Wow. The most, the biggest thing that sticks out to me was coming to your salon to meet you for an interview. And you talking to me about your photo books. I was like, Jay, she oh. is on it. She is on it. Okay. I think I didn't have a kid. I think I had Felix. You at the did time. have yeah. Felix. I think you were nursing. Yeah. But what's funny about photo books is I thought that was so revolutionary. Making photo books on, uh, what was that? Like Shutter, Shutterfly, I think. Because I wanted clients to see my work. Insert Instagram. Yeah. But this was before Instagram was really a thing. And so I was like, how? Well, people people want to see your work. And so I was like, well, how will people see our work that we do? Not other people's work. Why not make a book? And you had a whole, like, she had books. <laughs> books of, like, beautiful lock styles. And I was like, this is amazing. You want to see somebody doing it out here? That's so funny. It's, it's Frida. It's interesting the things that somebody remembers about your exchange that you remember. Perspective, right? Like, you remember something, I remember something. Two completely different things. Because I, for, I forgot. I still have those books. But I forgot all about them. They're still around. But I, I barely use them. Because most people just are, like, pulling up stuff on Pinterest or pulling up stuff on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. However they keep their images. But very suddenly, are we like, take a look at this book and look through all of our pretty pictures. Meanwhile, I'm still teaching students, my my trainees to do that. I'm like, that's a, that it just sets you apart, right? Because well, it does. You're going on Instagram or Pinterest. Like you could stumble on things that you may not be able to do or people might not. You might find something else and you go on a whole tangent. But a photo book, book photo book kind of keeps it. It's in your wheelhouse. It's a photo book is makes it very intentional. And it's, it limits your choices. Yeah. Instagram and other social media sites or just the internet in general will have you go down a rabbit hole. A photo book says, here are 20 or 30 specific images of styles on varying lengths of locks that you can choose from or get inspiration from. I think sometimes the fewer choices we have, the better we are able to make a decision because otherwise we suffer from analysis paralysis. And that's a whole nother conversation. Truly, right? I am target audience for analysis paralysis. <laughs> so with that being said, Frida, I am again, so grateful for you being here and y'all are in for an amazing season. What we're going to do, we're going to have three segments now within the episode. And so the first one is just to set the vibe. So Frida, 
what you've been reading lately? Mm. Or has anything ever, has anything recently inspired you? This is a book. So two different answers. Because what I am currently reading is a book called Power. It's either Power or The Power, which is about this sort of dystopian society. But it's it's real, but it's also science fiction. Women of all ages are suddenly getting this sort of electric power in their bodies. And it it comes by way of an electric shock. So it might, if I touched you with my hand, I would I could basically send an electric current through your body. It's called the power either power or the power. It's really, really good. But there was a book I read not too long ago called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Super thick book, really, really good about time travel and, and the choices we make in life and the decisions we make and how that impacts us. One of the quotes in the book was so simple. You are the art. When I tell you, I, that quote resonated with me so much. I will probably get that as a tattoo on my arm. You are the art. Like when you hear that, what does it do for you? Oh, wow. I mean, initially I'm like, huh. When I think of art, I I like looking at it. I like to admire it. I like to be inspired by it. So to hear you are the art, it's empowering. Very. It makes me feel very empowered. Yeah. Like there are people looking to me. There are people being inspired by me. I am beautiful. Yeah. Wow. When I read it, it made me think of a museum and how we... We take art and we uphold it. We put it on a, a shelf. We put it on a, it, it's a standard. It's almost like a standard of excellence. We preserve it. We take care of it. People literally handle art with white gloves. It is to be admired. It is used for inspiration. People look at art and they, they take something from it and try to do something different, but they're still equal parts inspired by it and, and encouraged by it. Like, Everything about you are the art. And also just how much we take care of art. Like if I am the art, then I've got to take care of myself. I have got to handle myself sometimes with white gloves. But I've also have to not take myself too seriously because it does not always have to be this untouchable Mona Lisa sort of art that feels so out of reach. Sometimes the art can be something very relatable and something um, you can connect to very easily. I feel that so much. All of that. I feel that. that. I feel that so <laughs> much. You are the art. When you said I have to take care of myself, it made me think of one of my favorite albums from this year or last year, rather. Um, Natalie Lauren, Handle With Care. I've not, I've not read. Not. I'm, I've, I've not listened. Oh I've my not. gosh. Song you have to listen to. Have to listen to. It's called God Morning. Ooh. It's the first song on the album. It is amazing. The whole album, play it straight through. Like, I'm inspired. Ooh. So that is, that's a vibe. Okay. That's a vibe. God Morning in and of itself. I feel like I've read or seen or there's something called God Morning that I've seen before. I'm going to check that out. That is heavy. That is heavy. I think that's the nice thing about when you're reading, when you're listening, you never know how you're going to get inspired. Yeah. Like the, the book that I was reading with this quote was not at all. It wasn't a self-help book. It wasn't a, a working book. It was fiction. 
And I was reading it purely for fun, which is why I love fiction, because it it tends to inspire me in ways that are so unexpected that I just never see coming. Yeah, that's real. I feel like, yes, the nonfiction books do that. They give you those, the, they let you dream and have imagination. Yeah. At the same time, I'm very much a, like, I need to know all the things I want to do. I want to just be super, like, success is one of my values. So it's just like, okay, how do I get to success? So what I started doing this year is nonfiction, mm-hmm. fiction. That's a good Nonfiction, balance. fiction. Yeah. But my last, my most recent fiction, I just... I can't. I can't get through it. I what want. I want the nonfiction. <laughs> I want. I want the. I want to dream right now. What's I just the fiction? Feel like the fiction. The book I'm reading right now, or trying to read, is called the Four Hour Work Week. Have you read oh, that one? It's on my nightstand with some of its other friends, like <laughs> Atomic Habits and um, Story Brand, which you recommended, and I mostly started, haven't finished. But the Four Hour Work Week and its homies are all hanging out on my nightstand. I actually found a four-hour work week in a little library. Uh, the little libraries. I was super excited. I was out with my son one day. We were going to a friend's house, and their neighbor had a little library. And I always was. I will always. I break for little libraries, and I have to go through because that's just how I am with books. And I opened it, and I was like, "Score!" Because you had just mentioned it, and so I didn't even have to pay for it. So that kind of doesn't, that makes me feel not as bad about the fact that it's sitting in my nightstand. Yeah, no, the beginning, great, super inspired. The, the middle, okay, we we getting challenged here. Like, Is oh, it challenging or redundant? It's challenging. It's because okay. it challenges your mindset yeah. to push you to a place to get to working four hours mm. a week, right? And it's just like, ooh, am I... Ooh, can I can I do this? Are we are we here? Oh, uh, oh, and all all I'm known is reading it, right? It's not, doesn't that's a, that's doesn't whole, necessarily say do it, but I'm just like okay. That's an entire discussion. Like that's an entire podcast episode. Like, am I ready for a four hour work week? Am I ready for what that means? Because I think some of it is obvious. What a four hour work week requires a lot of delegation, a lot of letting go, a lot of intentionality, and using the time you have wisely. I haven't even read the book and that already feels hard. Not to mention the automation that goes behind getting all the things done. That that is that is actually where I'm stopping on in the book. It's the auto I went to said, oh, automation, turn the page was like, ooh. I'm a pause. Ooh, okay, yep. All Let's right. Go ahead and put a bookmark in that. Which I feel like will bring us to the next part of this episode. Okay. The revolution. Mm. So I have a topic, question. For you, and I feel like it just aligns perfectly with what we're talking about here. Okay. Working in your business versus working on your business. Oh. What season do you feel like you're in right now? I am so excited for me. For me, <laughs> I am excited that I am getting into a place where I am spending so much more time working on my business. I have intentionally scaled back. I've been slowly scaling back my hours this second half of 2022. And as we go into 2023, I have very intentionally set my schedule to be behind the chair less and to spend more time working on the business. And that has been a long time coming for me because I I still love being behind the chair. Like, I very much love being behind the chair. I love the connection I have with clients. But 
I get torn because something, for instance, this opportunity with you, right? If I am behind the chair, four, five, six, however many days a week, more, it leaves no room for other opportunities. It leaves no room. For for me, I'm at a point where it leaves no room for growth as a manager, as an owner, as a leader, um, as someone who wants to do things within the industry. There is no space for that if I am behind the chair every day. And I'm also a woman of a particular age. Yes. And I have a rack of children, which is code for two. And I have a husband. So, and I love to work out. I love to work out. So making space for all of those things, in addition to being of service to my clients behind the chair, it's actually become quite limiting. And so I'm in the season of working on my business and I'm very excited about that. What about you? First of all, I love that for you. Thank you. I love that for you. <laughs> I feel like I've been trying to pull you, you to, the, to the side you for a long time. So I'm happy to hear that the shift is happening, happening. that you're in that season. Yes, yes. I bring this episode up because I just listened to a podcast recently about this very topic. Okay. And one of the things that resonated with me deeply was during the pandemic or the mm-hmm. panorama. Yes. There was a lot of discussion and talk about you have to stop trading your time for money. Mm. You have to be able to step away, but still make money. And I, that, and so that resonated with me. And I was like, I gotta get, I gotta get up out of here. I can't mm-hmm. be trading my time for money. I want to be doing all these things. I need to get on the business mm-hmm. versus in the business. And I did a cold Turkey, mm-hmm. switched it up. You did. It was just like, you know what y'all, I'm not in here no more. Here's right. all the other people you Figure can go see. I, I got some videos. You can learn how to do your own hair. Like I'm, I'm out. I'm on it. In the episode, they say you could spend, you could go from working in the business to on the business and work on the business so much that you have no business to work on. Ooh. And I was like, you got a point there. That you got a point there. Uh, you got a point there. Yeah. So I say that to say I'm coming out of a season of working on the business mm. and getting back in the business. But for me, the business is not behind the chair as much as it is feeding my academy, feeding my products Mm -hmm. that support my services in the salon. But it's still very much like I need to be in it in order for the salon to operate and for me to still be of service to people. Yes. So it's like, oh, you should probably hop back in here. (laughs) A little bit. It's a little time in it. It, it's it's a struggle because I just said to someone recently, actually one of my stylists at the salon, she's, she was watching something. She's like, Frida, it made me think. She's like, the owner of this particular salon is still behind the chair quite a bit. And she said a lot of people are encouraging her to come from behind the chair. And she's like, she never wants to come from behind the chair. And, and I said to her, while I won't say that I will ever be 100% not behind the chair, I also don't want to be 100% behind the chair. I like I like being behind the chair because it keeps me connected to what is going on with people. And as much as I know that there is importance in working on the business, when I'm working in the business, when I'm behind the chair, it keeps me in tune to the styles that people are interested in, to the services that they're interested in, to the services they're no longer interested in, right? Are we delivering a top-notch service? 
I don't want to I don't want to be an absentee manager where I'm just over here and people are telling me, oh, people like this people. I want to have someone in my chair who is telling me, you know, several people keep saying, I really, really want to try this style or no, nah, I'm, I'm just not into that anymore. I, I like that firsthand experience and knowledge of knowing what is happening from a consumer perspective. Not just from a leadership perspective, from it, but from a consumer perspective, what are people wanting in salons? What are people wanting in their lactation? I want to know that, and I want to be able to give them that, and I don't want to just give them that because another stylist told me that that's what her people want. I want to know what people want in my salon, and it keeps me connected. That's so interesting because I feel like I've approached my clientele with the kind of gonna get what i can give yeah. you so like th- that's cool i, I love right. i love what you see on instagram that's cute but uh we're not doing all that nah i'm not the one yeah. i can I, I see you to some people that could do sure, that but i'm sure. not the one i value being in behind the chair like even though i cut it off right like yeah. i i scaled it back rather i think i was in the salon five days mm-hmm. a week four or five days a, four or five days a week pre-pandemic which is a lot it's a lot yeah with children. Yes. It's a lot. With yes. children specifically. Yeah. Um, to now I'm there twice a week. It's really like a day and a half. Because yes. half the time I got to leave early to pick my kid up. So a day and a half behind the chair. But I feel like I can't completely disconnect yeah. because my gift is to be of service, is yes. to empower people. And so when I when we had that time when they shut the salons down mm-hmm. and we couldn't, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was connecting online. Yeah, I was talking to people, but it didn't feel the same. the same. Putting your hands in someone's hair and speaking light and love yes. and just over them is just, it's a gift. And it I just feel like I can't, if I don't do it, I'm just, ooh, that's... Mm-mm. It's like you are... I, I I am not a believer that we all have this one very specific type purpose. Like I feel like we can have many purposes. Not a, not a thousand, but if if my gift is to be of service to others, there are many ways that I can be of service. And I feel like I'm doing a disjustice to myself when I am not delivering in the many ways in which I feel like I can be of service. And if my hand touching somebody else is a part of that, I never want to give that up. And now I can limit how frequently. Right? I don't have to be four or five days a week. I can still be of service and not be touching all upon you four or five days a week. Uh, it, I can touch you one day a week. I can touch someone one day a week, but I'm still touching people and I'm still remaining connected. And I, and like you, there is something about that that connection of listening to people and hearing them um, and then sharing, sharing my gift with them. That is so valuable to me and so... Like, I, I pray that my body, my hands never put me in a situation where I can't, even doing my son's hair. Like, I am so honored that I have a gift that allows me to give that to him and that he even wants me to do that, right? Because I have two boys. One has a haircut. The other one has locks. And I never pushed it. I never encouraged it. But that he saw my hair and that of my guests. And he's like, I want that. I want to be a part of that. And that I can give him that. That makes me feel so special. Yes. That is that is truly an honor um, that I am able to do something that is such a ritual that has been a ritual in our community for so many years. 
so many centuries, so many, so many right. ages. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Truly. Yeah. Like you're going to sit down between my legs and I'm going to pop the back of your hand with this brush. <laughs> I'm not, but I am. Um, and, but then also like, even just this morning riding in the car and I look over and he's so meticulous, my Virgo baby. He's so like, this, this side goes here and this side goes there and he's pushing. I'm like, babe, stop, stop touching it, stop touching it. Like, cool out. It's fine. It looks good. He's like, but it has to be, but that we can share that. Yeah. And I can tell him why you should do that, why you should not do that. I like that. I like that. I, I love that. Yeah. I like, I love servicing ch- my children specifically, um, especially my daughter, yes. right? She doesn't have locks, but one of the things I was very intentional about sharing with her ever since she was a young baby is like, what does our hair need? Mm. Water, mm-hmm. moisture. Like I always tell her that. And so I, I found so much joy or I find so much joy when I say, hey, what does our hair need? She's like, moisture. Yes. And now she's in the space where she's like cutting all her doll's hair and she's like hiding it. And I'm just like, why are you hiding? She's like, because I cut my doll's hair. I'm just like, oh, baby, it's fine. What she kind of, a haircut. Yeah, what kind of curls does she have? Right. Like, what did you notice? Like, I love it here. It's okay. I'm like, why did you think you get in trouble for this? Right. I, I'm your target audience for c- chocolate. Cut her hair. Cut Give it. Her, haircut. her ends were trash anyway. So. Truly. Okay. They said <laughs> this. Didn't even detangle it. I love it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Just just being of service is, is huge. Um, and I love that you said you could be of service. Like if when you're on the business, working on the business, right? Or in the business. Yeah. And I feel like there's there's a, a different perspective between us also because you have a team of stylists. Yeah. Right. So it's like you there is a a, a need yes. for you to be on the business, yes. not yes. not I, as much in it. I was trying to convince myself that so I went from just myself and then I had one other person. And so it was a team of two. Give or take, it kind of went up and down. And then it solidly remained at two for quite a while. And then about a year ago, a little more than a year ago, it went from a team of two to a team of four, myself included. So I have three stylists right now. And I'm actually in the process of hiring an assistant. And so probably in the next 60 to 90 days, it'll be four employees. These are all W-2 employees. And I had convinced myself that I could still be a full-time hairstylist and a full-time salon owner and full-time salon manager and full-time customer service leader and just like four full-time jobs and full-time mom and full-time, full-time mom wife. full-time wife homemaker like and out here trying to fold laundry and just nope. have like relations with my sister friends and stay connected to people like i i really was thinking what what is the problem like this is this is doable uh and i realized it's not and and for me yeah. It's not for me. And I didn't want it to be for me. I want to be able to lead effectively. And that has been something that this year I really, really doubled down on was how to be an effective leader, how to be a good leader, how to be a kind leader, uh, how to make sure my girls are secure in their bag. Yeah. And in order to do that for someone else, I can't spend as much time behind the chair. I just can't. I I can't wear all the hats. And so I intentionally decided I'm not going to try to wear all the hats. I want to lead. I want to bring other people on, other humans on who can also, quote unquote, secure their bag. And in order to help people do that, I got to fall back to help them. And so I accepted that. And so, yeah, when there's a team involved, 
people's livelihoods are involved. This is different. It's way different. It's very different. It's very, like, again, that success component for me, like, realizing your business can only grow as much as you, you're growing, mm-hmm. as much as you're pouring into you. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's word. If you're not pouring into yourself, who is? Who is the husbands that love him to death, but I need him to be, I need him to be putting on his oxygen mask first. Yeah. And I need to take care of myself. And I, and while other people will pour into me, if, if I am not, then, then who is? So you got to make yourself a priority. You have to make yourself a priority. And one thing that I wrote in my journal, going back and reading my journal this year, I had to reflect on was balance does not look like doing everything Mm-mm. all at once. For me, that was for a long time. It's just like, I want to be the wife, the mom, the teacher, the salon owner, the website designer, the social media person, the content creator, all at a high level, all the time. That part, all at a high level. And that's just like, nah, Uh -uh. nah, something's got to give. You want to say yes to one thing, which means you got to say no to all the other things. So it's like, how do you prioritize those things? So yeah, I'm in the season of getting back into it getting back into the business, servicing people, seeing new people, yeah. rather. Because, you know, when I fell back, I just kept my core. Yes. Gotta, I love couple. the core. Gotta love the core. Gotta love the core people. Yeah. But they're like, other people are like, hey. New folks, it's an adjustment. You coming? Seeing new people is an adjustment. It's an adjustment. Yeah. Okay, oh. it's an adjustment. <laughs> but it's a, it's a good adjustment. If, it if is. You, if you got the right filters in place, which is what it I is. have to, you know. So I have spent I spent a season working on the business mm-hmm. to identify all the things. So now I get, get can get in the business to make sure all the things I identified are working. I think it's safe to alternate. Yeah. I think it is safe to. I think there's so often this push for working. You know, you reach a certain point in your career, and it's like work on the business, not just in the business. But I think it is safe to alternate. I think it's safe to go back and forth and to see what needs the most attention and what is pushing the needle forward. And if you are, if you completely give up working in the business to exclusively work on the business, I think sometimes you lose touch with the business. Yeah. Because yeah. you're so, because there are so many, there's so many things administratively that need to happen to keep the business running that you can lose sight of what it means to be in the business and to be of service to others. Yeah. So I think, well, I, I don't even think I know. Mm-hmm. Seasons are necessary. Mm-hmm. Seasons are important. So just identifying your season, would it? Not not even necessarily what it looks like, but just how does it feel? I was thinking that. How does it feel? Yeah. And just grow through that season. You know, you might not have as much success, as much clientele, as much um, engagement on social yeah. media. Yes. <laughs> but you have to grow through that so that on the other side, you can have that up. The peaks, the ebbs and flows, the valleys. With the business entrepreneurship is a lot. Not, it's not it's not a linear thing no it is not a straight line there's there's a lot to it um so how can we raise the frequency you know that's this 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 next component to our episode to the to the podcast this season wanting to raise the frequency of ourselves mm-hmm. and of our listeners like the idea of so earlier this year I, I usually buy a planner every year for 2023 i am not buying a planner i'm not 
I am using a I'm using a regular regular notebook. Okay. And I'm gonna write okay. today's date and I'm gonna write what's going on. Mm. But I did have a planner this year. I forget the name of it, but one of the big from I think it was called something thirty. And every thirty days, you set a challenge for yourself. And the challenge could be anything. You defined it. The pages were blank. It was for you to define. And every month it had a chart with 30 squares or 29 or 31, whatever number of days were in the month. And you would, you know, you'd say, so for me, February was, I remember this very clearly because I don't know why I stopped. It was a yoga challenge. And it was every day for the month of February, I was going to do at least 10 minutes of yoga every day. I could do more, but I could not do less. And it had to be every day. It could be any time of the day. And that at the end of every day or whenever you would check this box. And that was supposed to be the premise for the entire year, that every month I would give myself a new thing to do or try. And one month, I think it was yoga. Another month, it was meditating. I did not do I did not do it successfully for all 12 months of the year. But for the months that I did do it, I enjoyed the sense of accomplishment I had, knowing that I committed to challenging myself. My point is, I think as we look at raising the frequency, it is so important to set a challenge. So for instance, for the month of December, my challenge was to move my body for at least five minutes every day. What has helped is that I've worn a Peloton. After two years of being on the fence about it and buying a less expensive bike, I finally got a Peloton delivered on November 28th. And I have not only moved my body every day, I have probably moved my body for about an hour. Oh, wow. Every day. And what's crazy is I want to. Yeah. Like waking up at 520 on purpose so that I can get an hour before the kids get up. And if I can't get in the full hour, 30 minutes before the kids get up, get the kids ready, drop them off, come back home and do the other 30 minutes. Oh, wow. That to me translates into my commitment to work. Because if I can pour into myself with such diligence, then I know that I can continue to pour into my work. I am nothing if I am not challenging myself to do something different, something harder, to just balance is important, but I will, I am a pusher of myself. Like I enjoy pushing myself. And so I think it is so important that we are always saying, Hey, you know what, just this week, this week, I am going to commit to walking for 10 minutes a day, right? If it's physical, or I'm going to commit to meditating for five minutes a day if it's mental or I am going to commit to sending out an email to five guests just to say how was your experience not the automated email because we talked about automation earlier and how we have it automated and I know I'm, I'm already going to assume that email is coming after every client visit but I mean the specific intentional hey Miss Jocelyn it was so good seeing you last Friday I love doing your color I just want to see how that's working out for you What'd your family say? Are you loving it? I know you went to church on Sunday. What did everybody think? I loved it. Let me know. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Wow. That's a challenge. Yeah. And you that got is- the script. And you got the script. That's right. amazing. There that- you go. Hey, there that felt go. that felt good to me. Right. You didn't do my color. That felt I was like, oh, yeah. you checking in on me. I love that. People love that. Yes, they do. They do. Love to feel special. Oh man. That yeah, that, that it's so personal. Yes. Versus the the automated email that we all send, right? Right. That's already being sent. We're already sending an automated email, but this is the personal email. Yeah. What, what about you? I have challenged myself to write one email a day, mm. every day. Like, you know, I got multiple 
business department, okay. shall we say. You know, I got my academy, got yes. the salon, got the products. products. I have to write one email mm -hmm. every day, something. I wrote a list of like different topics that I could write about because I want to be able to, when I don't feel like doing it, mm -hmm. have something to pull from. Mm. And so not, we're not sending the email. No, we're just writing. Just writing, an just email. writing emails. Okay. Just having emails on deck because when I want to send out a product or when I want to send out a, uh, I mean, not a product, I want to send out a campaign or mm -hmm. a sale, I have an email already written. Okay. So write an email every day. My other big challenge for the week is to tell at least one person every day mm -hmm. about Crown Elements, my hair care line. Like a, a physical person, yeah. Tell them about the products because I haven't. Like I have this beautiful, amazing product line. I just kind of wait for people to come. Why do you think you've oh. not? Because I am a recovering perfectionist. Okay. And I'm like, okay, if I go up to tell someone about the products and they say, oh, how do I find it? I don't want to have to be like, oh, if you pull on your phone, I want to be able to hand them a card that has a QR code mm -hmm. on it that goes directly to the site that offers them mm -hmm. a coupon code and. You know, all, the, all, all the things. But you have a beautiful site. Yes. And so, Jocelyn, <laughs> just tell them what it is and right. to go to it. But honestly, the thing that's really getting me out of the way with this challenge is that I'm not doing this to make a sale. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it to put myself in an uncomfortable situation, mm -hmm. walking up to a random person mm -hmm. and just putting myself out there. That's the goal. That see, we're about to go on a tangent because we don't have enough time for that. Because that that just takes me back to giving out business cards at gas stations, yeah. which I've not done in forever. And I'll, we're not going to talk about that now because I don't think we have enough time. But I want to explore that, like, like marketing yourself, like less traditional ways of mark, like old school ways of marketing that for me helped me build my business. Yes. And like you said, not to make the sale, but just. Maybe you are in love with ABC XYZ's lock products, and they are serving you. But maybe one day, I don't know, something happens or for whatever reason, your scalp gets a little irritating. You're like, I'm just going to try something different. Or my cousin's sister's best friend is getting locks. And I met this lady, but I can't remember. Oh, and I think this was her site. And now, six months, a year later, it's a sale just from you bumping into the lady in the hallway and just saying, hey, oh my gosh, your hair looks so good. If you're ever looking for a new product, you I should check it's... out Crown Elements. Right? And like, yeah, this... This success conversation is around like the things that you do today is not to make the sale today. Mm -hmm. These are for making sales, planting seeds for later, for later growth, later fruits that bear. So it's like, yo, you have to put the work in now. Yeah. So that later you're chilling on the beach. That's yeah, hard sense. sometimes, I think, especially for not even just for new stylists, but even a seasoned stylist. It's weird calling myself. I don't feel like I'm a seasoned like I, when I think of season, I think of like like Susan uh, from Dash Hair Industry or like Anita Restores Hair, like Hair Locks and um, the woman we used to work with. She does. She was out of New York, but now she's in Florida. Um, uh, Maria. Maria. Yeah. Like I, I think of them when I think of season, but I think more experienced stylists who have quite a few years behind them. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves, like it's okay to go back to the basics. Sure. Like, like, talk yourself, like, hype yourself, give out the business card, like, walk up to a complete stranger. Like, it's not beneath me to do that at all. I will still do it. And if I want to keep business coming in, whether it be for myself or for the salon, I need to keep doing it. You have to keep doing it because of the biggest lesson I learned in 2020, one of the biggest lessons, the hugest lessons, social media is not guaranteed. 
Okay, when they deleted my page, yeah. 49.5 thousand mm. mm. subscribers, mm. like just gone. delete, gone overnight. If I didn't have the foundation of having talked to people in real right. life or having an email list and all the things, business would have been shut down. Mm. Going Can back to imagine? working on the business. Right. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh oh my goodness i can't imagine it's interesting that as hard as we work to grow our numbers on social media that they could disappear in the blink of an eye and we still have a business to run the business does not stop simply because it was a glitch on social media so i think challenging yourself to to touch your clients your guests your customers um in some kind of a way on a regular basis is powerful and it'll go so much further than just to post on social media to people who may or may not at some point become a client versus the lady who is right down the hallway that needs your services immediately. I think that's huge. That is huge. You cannot rely on social media exclusively for sure. No, seriously. That's just, it's not a thing at all. So in challenging yourself between now and this next episode, we want you to, well, I want you to tell at least one person every day about your business. Just one person. Walk up to them. Just tell them about your business. And I want you to send an email. So we're not just going to... So we're going to send an email to one guest. Just one guest. Just send an email to one guest. Look at your look at your books from the prior seven days and just choose one guest. Just to say, hey, Ms. Johnson, how are you? Just checking in. How that new shampoo worked for you. I really enjoyed hearing about your granddaughter's graduation. I can't wait to see you next month. You know what it reminds me of? Getting a letter in the mail. Mm -hmm. I'm a letter writer. Mm -hmm. I am a letter writer. I will write you a handwritten note like nobody's business. The goal is usually to make you cry because I'm good at it. <laughs> I am good at it. But that is what email can also be because we get inundated with so many, so much junk mail. So to get a personalized email from your stylist that is not an auto response, that is not some sort of funnel response, but that is specifically checking in with you. And even if you haven't seen them in a while, right? Seven, seven days prior is great, but it could have been seven months prior. Just say, hey, I'm not, I'm not questioning who you, like I sent an email recently to someone saying, hey, just checking on you. We haven't seen you in a while. This is, I'm not, I, I specifically said, this is not about you making an appointment. I just want to check on you because I've not seen you. I just want to make sure you're okay. And she got back. She's like, I'm great. I moved. I'm seeing a new stylist as closer to my home because logistically you guys were too far. It's fine. Like I wasn't offended, but I just wanted to check on her. And so I know that in the future, if she has someone who lives near us or if she relocates, we will be at the top of her mind as a salon to come to because we weren't just looking to have her come in to get her hair done. We genuinely cared about how she was doing. So that would be my challenge. How, check in on your clients. Personally, I love that. And with that, I think that is uh, that is the first episode. Wow, that was fun. That was so good. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed anything that was shared today, or were inspired by anything that was shared, please consider posting that five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribing to the newsletter and checking us out on social media. Instagram at Salon Frequency. And where are you at, Frida, so they can connect with you? I am at 
the lock shop. And also, because I'm using it more, Miss Frida Brown, MRS, Mrs. Frida Brown, both on Instagram. Nice.